1: This is a podcast from Minute Media.
2: I've been to my first baseball game of 2022. Ooh. Excited to talk about everything with you, Robert Murray, the Baseball Insiders. Thank you for watching. Hit that YouTube subscribe. starts right now. Ooh. Ah. Ooh. Ah. That's right, Bert. Friday night. I don't know if I ever told you, but I'm a Jewish gentleman. That's the first night of Passover. My people were singing Dayenu, Day Dianu. I went to the White Sox and Rays, sat in the scout seats, which is all you can eat, all you can drink, seat behind home plate. I did not pay for this, but it was a great start to my baseball 22, buddy. Good to see you.
1: Good to see you too. You're starting off on a high note, Carm. Look at you. It's, I mean, only downhill from here, but like still, what a way to start the year. I mean, so they used to have the dinner portion of the scout
2: seats were all the way down the right field line. So you'd yeah. come into the game, you'd go eat. And then you'd come into the seats and they would still bring you, hey, do you want beer? Do you want hot dogs? Do you want peanuts? Like that would be like the accoutrement during the game. But they didn't have like the fancy prime rib. You have to go all the way back to the right field corner. But now the White Sox, elite White Sox, guaranteed right field, they moved the restaurant right behind home plate. So you can like bolt out of the second inning, go in, saddle up to the bar, get yourself whatever you want, go back to the buffet, uh good solid fish and chips situation going on on Friday. I mean, it's really nice, Bert. I highly recommend it.
1: No, I'll tell you if I'm if I ever make it to that ballpark, which I actually want to. Like I can I want to attend a game with you, Carl. Like that's that's on the bucket list. Um we will get the fish and chips because I am a fish and chips aficionado. Like I could absolutely oh. destroy those. So big big fish guy.
2: No, there you go. <laughs> Always learning something on this show. Speaking of the White Sox, by the way, I, I brought this up because I knew I could transition perfectly into the Frankie Montas. Uh, will the Oakland A's make this trade? This is where you wanted to start today. Mm-hmm. So I am interested because the White Sox do have some uh, pitching issues with Lance Lynn on the DL, Lucas Giolito, same deal, although Giolito is progressing nicely. But what do you got?
1: Yeah. So there was a report last week that that the White Sox were, and I quote, very close to trading for Frankie Montas. So that resulted in me sending some text messages out. And immediately I had people who would know what the White Sox kind of like laugh at it. um, And basically kind of like just mock the report. Like they were never close uh, because the A's wanted Andrew Vaughn in any trade and the White Sox were balking at that. Like there was no way they were going to give him up. Um, And then, I ended up getting a text later that night saying that the White Sox were, were out on Matos, that that ship had sailed. Uh, John Heyman reported the same thing, but that, as of right now, is dead. Um, maybe that changes at the trade deadline, but right now it's dead. So
2: put on your Burt Scout hat right now. And look, maybe I've watched more Andrew Vaughn baseball than you, perhaps, because I'm in Chicago and I watch the White Sox all the time. Andrew Vaughn's a good hitter. Good, solid right-handed hitter. He's not going to be elite at any position. He can survive, I suppose, in the outfield and and at first, but this is, you know, he's never going to be a plus defender. The White Sox are trying to win a World Series. Are they right to not trade Andrew Vaughn for Frankie Montas?
1: I believe they are because of that controllability. He's signed long-term, good bat, um, as you said, versatile defensively. But Montas... His contract situation, he's not signed long-term. I believe he's a free agent at the end of the year. Um, I believe that's the case. Um, And you would only be renting the guy. Actually, he might be under contract for this year and next year. But either way, he's not signed long-term. And a guy like Vaughn could turn into somebody who is like a foundational piece for them. Uh, And I don't think that's worth the risk. Uh, Just because I think the White Sox could use some more pieces um, on offense. But... Yeah, I I, just, I would not do that for Frankie Montas.
2: So just 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 to uh, you know argue with you, Bert, because I love you. Yeah, uh, he he is he's under contract through next season. It's his third years next year, and then he's a free agent in twenty twenty four. I don't know. White Talk's got some offense. Luis Robert in center field can hit the baseball. Eloy Jimenez in left field can hit the baseball. So Okay, okay, that's fine. He's he does he needs to stop trying to scale outfield walls and run into the netting down the left field line. That's true, uh, but when healthy, he certainly can hit. Yon Mancada is a, a plus uh, offensive player at third base when he's healthy. Same thing with Tim at short. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going around the diamond here. The second base. I mean, Josh Harrison's just a piece, but uh, whatever. And then Abreu slash uh, I Grandal. I mean, we got offense all over the place here. They, they, the The White Sox
1: can 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 hit baseball. No, they definitely can hit the baseball. It's just a matter of having those other pieces on the team, uh, it, like a guy like Vaughn, because last year their season was basically decimated by injury. Uh, Jimenez was out. Uh, Luis Robert was out. Like he was out basically the entire year. Um, yeah, that's and, correct. Yeah, it's. You can never have too much depth, especially in a season like this year, um, because there's a big fear among executives that we're going to see a whole lot of injuries, and we've already seen that. Um, and I'm not even calling Vaughn a depth piece. He's somebody who, like, legitimately has a very strong future at the White Sox, and I just I would not trade him for a year and a half of Frankie Montas.
2: Is his strong future is at in right field until Abreu moves along, and then it'll be a fir- their first baseman. That's how you see it.
1: Yeah, because like what Abreu signed, what was it, a two-year deal when he ended up resigning? Yeah, that's right. For yeah, 15, so he's not signed long-term, and that that's the clearest pathway for him. Um, maybe yeah. they found a spot in the outfield, but like first base, to me, seems like they're like the most.
2: I I would bet that Abreu gets another contract with the White Sox, but that's fine. He can be a a swing piece, right field, first base, yeah. DH. There's 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 plenty of at bats there. Okay, let's move along to our hot debate of the week, and Bert, you went on Twitter to complain about fans booing. By the way, we love all our fans of the Baseball Insiders. I would never true. complain about anything the fans do except when I complain about what the fans do. So that was uh, not true what I just said, but I wouldn't okay. complain about fans booing throw when a when a pitcher. Tosses over to first base a hundred times. You have a problem with fans booing when pitchers just delay the game. Why is this?
1: Like, okay. So I got a lot of responses about this one. And basically it was either ranging from somebody agreeing with me, calling me a dumbass, or saying, I don't know baseball, Um, which you can believe whatever you want to. But um, so, I mean, it happens like on the first boo, the second boo, the third boo. Like okay, so if you do, if the pitcher throws three or more times to first base consecutively, then I understand it. But if we're talking like the first or the second one and you boo, like there's no point in that. And they end up not booing their own, like their own starting pitcher for booing or for throwing to first base. Like they don't boo the guy, um, but like if it's an opposing guy. Then they boo and complain that it's delaying the game, but their own team does it too. And I just, I don't get oh, it. Okay. So you're, you're, you're
2: calling out the hypocrisy. You don't boo your own guy, but you boo the other guy.
1: Just like so- the concept of booing in that situation is completely just, it's dumb. And I, I'm not the only writer who feels about it. Cause I ended up after I tweeted it, I searched, um, <laughs> like I, ser- I searched the keywords in that one. And I had like C Trent Rosecrans who's a terrific B writer for the athletic government of the Reds. He said the same thing a few years ago. Uh, there's some others too. So I'm not alone there, um, but uh, I, I got pretty crushed.
2: Remind everybody the situation that caused you to send this tweet out.
1: I can't remember what game I was watching. It may have been, um, it might've been Brewers and Cardinals and the Cardinals pitcher threw over to first base and the Brewers fans booed like crazy. And I'm like, I was sitting in my couch scrolling through my phone and I heard the booze and I looked up and I'm like, Oh, this has got me triggered. Like this is actually like quite upsetting. So I was like, I texted my buddy, Fabian Ardai. I was like, I have a take for you. Uh, and I told him exactly what my take was. And I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to tweet this thing. And all of a sudden I tweeted, put my phone down. And I look, it's got like 15 responses, zero retweets and like 20 likes And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, oh, oh, I'm about to get ratioed to death. Um, And it it was a ratio situation. I did get ratioed pretty hard. But um, yeah, I would say it was probably like a range of like 30% of people agreeing with me. uh, And then 50% disagreeing with me. And then 20% calling me a dumbass. So For
2: us older kids on the podcast, what does it mean to be ratioed?
1: Wait, do you not know what it means to be ratioed? I don't. I don't. Okay. So it's when you get more. Um, likes or it's when you get more replies than you do retweets Um, like you also can get a lot of quote tweets in there too like that adds to the ratio as well but also likes too Um, but yeah like there's been times where I've tweeted a food take Uh, just to give you an example I want to say it was like that Reese's eggs were like the worst candy in the world which it is Um, and I got probably like 350 responses like five retweets 80 quote tweets and like a hundred likes. Like that was like a, a classic ratio for me. So there you go. I, I,
2: if you do listen to the baseball insiders, because you're listening to this right now, I'd like to know if you knew what ratio means, if I'm the only one or one of the few who <laughs> <laughs> works in this business and apparently doesn't know how this business works ratio means that you get more replies than retweets. That's what ratioed means. They're basically exactly. that you're getting yelled at in essence versus, Oh, this is sweet. I'm going to retweet it. No mm-hmm. screw this guy. I'm going to reply to him and tell him he's an idiot. And you've now been ratioed.
1: Yeah, exactly. And like, there's been times where I actually thought I was going to be like, at, like genuinely ratio to death. Um, but I, I'm genuinely shocked as like an internet savant slash like, influencer that you are that you didn't right. know what ratio it means
2: right right no i i am big um yeah n- not wrong yeah no i thanks thanks Bert. I, I i appreciate it but okay uh but you just sort of argued against yourself here you what? said if you well, I, well you said that if the pitcher throws over there three four times then you can boo
1: but not right. on the first two correct yeah because I, I mean three or four consecutive i mean that's pretty excessive but like, okay. if we're talking like the first one, maybe then the second one and maybe the third one, maybe. But like that's where like there's I I can see both sides, but like the first two and you start booing, yeah, you should be ejected.
2: Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, okay. The rules of the baseball insiders. If a that's pitcher right. throws to first and you boo on the first throw out of the stadium, if yep. you boo on the second one, we're going to suspend you for an inning. You, mm-hmm. you need to go walk around and find a food product, which is not the worst thing that's ever happened to someone going to a baseball game, go find yourself the brat, go find yourself the hot dog, get a beer, whatever uh, you're, but you can't sit in the seats because you just boot on the second throw third throw you boo. No punishment. Baseball insiders. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, I'm, I'm perfectly okay with that. I
1: think we should pitch this to Rob Manfred. That's our next step. All right. And Well, let, listen, I'm looking forward
2: to having Manfred on this podcast whenever Manfred wants to join this podcast. Open invitation. Uh, Bert, I expect you to work your connections and get us Rob Manfred at some point. All right. Can, should we go back on the field Let's do that we, it. That now good. that we settled that? Okay. Uh, I'm going to go over to a couple stars. Star is Born's. Hunter Green of the Cincinnati Reds. Cincinnati's not winning games, Bert, uh, but this is a tremendous story. Dude's throwing... 9,000 miles per hour, and yeah. it seems like a really likable kid. Uh, what can you tell us about the the phenom that is Hunter Green?
1: Yeah, he has been somebody that baseball people have been, like, basically drooling over ever since he was drafted by the Reds. And he was progressing through the, the farm system for them, and there was a debate whether or not he would actually make the opening day roster this year. And then the Reds ended up announcing that he made it, which was – to the delight of many people, uh, Reds fans, especially, but he has already shown in, a, in his first couple of starts with the Reds that he is going to be a force to be reckoned with. Um, as you mentioned, his velocity is just wicked. He's got w- like incredible movement on his pitches. Uh, like he ended up striking out Freddie Freeman, I believe was on a 102 mile an hour cutter. Um, like that should not be a thing. Um, and like that, I mean, that's genuinely just absurd. Um, and I don't know if he'll be able to sustain that kind of velocity over a long period of time, but he's somebody that is going to quickly be in the conversation to be like one of the best pitchers in not only the national league, but in all of baseball relatively soon. Um, and I I'm very curious, like, this is me looking way, way, way ahead, but when, if he continues this kind of pace and lives up to the potential that he has, what does that future contract extension look like? Because that is going to be a big number. Like I'm, I'm fully expecting Corbin Burns's eventual extension to be starting with a two. Um, I'm that green one. If he lives up to that in a few years, that's going to be very lucrative.
2: Yeah, I listen. This is going on all over the place, right? I mean. We can go ac- across the pond, if you will, or uh, and uh, you know we've got what is he nineteen years old? Our our guy who we talked about last week, Roki Sasaki, who's yeah. who's just uh, doing it again. Fourteen more strikeouts pulled from a scoreless game after a hundred and two pitches so far on the season. Sasaki four starts. ERA, 56 strikeouts, seven hits, two walks. The reason why I'm combining these two, Bert, is because it just seems that the way pitchers are conditioning themselves to throw the baseball nowadays is just different. We're seeing more and more guys triple digits, and I think that's the way it's going to go. Whether this is sustainable, most people think it's not. You're going to blow out your arm, which is why – they're allowing these guys to throw four or five innings and that's it. Green, that's what Green threw the other day. And wow. then it's a whole question, like, right? Do you pay a guy 30 million or whatever it is, what you're talking about, who doesn't go deep into games anymore? You, yeah. you still gotta pay your whole bullpen. So that's and those that's confusing economics here, Bert.
1: It is. That's where roster construction comes into a big play here. And there's not going to be many people who end up affording that kind of a player. I would imagine he's going to be more stretched out um, in the future than he is right now, because there's still, I mean, like pitchers for the most part are pretty ramped up now. Um, But teams are still going to be really cautious with them and the Reds, especially with green. Um, I I don't think there's been any talk about like an innings limit for him, but I know we've seen that in the past with some of the top prospects that have come up. Um, But I wonder if that's a possibility for him. Just me speculating, don't know anything there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like if he, let's say he ends up hitting the free agent market and that price tag, I'll well, even throw out a number forty 40 million because like inflation happens, um, and he's not going to be on the market for quite a while. Um, like how many teams can afford that? Probably not many. Like that screams New York Yankees or Steve Cohen and the Mets or the Dodgers or whoever. Um, but like, yeah, that's... Huh.
2: I yeah. personally would like to apologize to Cincinnati Reds fans who have nothing to live for right now. They've lost six in a row. They're 2-8. and eight. Their season is over. It's April the 18th, and you've already got Hunter Green leaving the Reds after two starts. What the hell, yeah. Bert? Yeah, how sad is that?
1: Like, that's, like, that's actually something you got to consider. I mean, it's – and also you have to your owner this saying, like, just ripping the fans and ripping the team. And, well, he didn't rip the team, but he went after the fans. Um, and that just – dumbass. Like, you can't do that. Um, yeah, Uh, that was was just a a very reckless comment by him.
2: uh, Absolutely. And, uh, by the way, the Reds are, uh, they're only four back at two and eight. Anything surprising (laughs) you, anything surprising you early season here? I mean, we've the, the hottest team in baseball after, after 10 baseball games are, or nine is the Dodgers and Giants. They're both seven and two. The Mets are seven and three. If people aren't paying attention to the standings. And then the, the bottom are the Rangers. We predicted that at two and seven uh, Baltimore, no surprise. They're three and six, the twins, Carlos Correa, not quite the answer yet. Three and six and Byron Buxton. We also predicted that. Would he be able to stay healthy? I think you said, yes, uh, that's not looking good right now, but I mean, every, you know, everybody else is basically playing 500 baseball. So feels like the standard early season, even though we had a shortened spring.
1: Yeah, very much so. I like, and, I, I actually think so. I said, I think both Buxton is going to stay healthy. And then the next day he got hurt. So uh, sorry <laughs> twins fans out there uh, for that one. Uh, but I'll, I'll give you two surprises for me right now. Okay. Actually. So the first one is the Colorado Rockies. They are six and three who in the world saw that coming car. I don't know.
2: I think I might've said something about Chris Brandt's going to rake in Colorado. Damn it. But no, I did not predict the Rockies winning a lot of games. Keep going
1: no like and for the rockies i mean that's an extremely impressive start i don't believe it's sustainable um just because they don't have a lot of talent plus they're playing in the hardest division in baseball like that team oozes like regression um but like for them to start off this way uh especially with um a, they have already played against the dodgers which and and they're still at this point it's a pretty impressive crime i'll give them that um, is that the nerdiest?
2: Is that the nerdiest thing you've said on the on the podcast? And I mean this is like you're a cool baseball nerd, Bert. Look at you, you're doing a great job. Ooze's regression.
1: Yeah, that's I like, said that, and I was like, "Did I just actually say that?" But
2: Ooze's you know, is regression is 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 peak baseball nerd. That's fantastic.
1: Uh, wow, it's. Uh, yeah, the nerds have officially gotten to me, Carm. This is bad. He,
2: he's oozing a regression to the mean baseball fans. I um, don't like his BABIP at all. In fact, his VORP is, uh, is, is is cascading in the wrong direction, and his ISO might not uh, be up to snuff.
1: That We need to have that cut up. Please, Sean, <laughs> that, that needs to be going viral yesterday.
2: I'm telling you right now, his WRC Plus is in question that i got no comment on this one this is
1: this is this is pete karm right this fip sucks
2: he's got bad fip it it, it is an excellent baseball
1: nerd voice oh like sean's exactly right about that like carm you, like, you know practicing this in the mirror or what
2: I, I i listen i do a show to myself every single day uh in my car and and it's probably the best show that i do every day um so i gotta work on that but uh, listen, I don't like his field independent pitching. If you look at it, he's really this is not something that is sustainable, and that's why uh, you'll see that his market come July is not going to be as robust as you might want one might imagine. hashtag All right, I'm going to stop doing this. This is uncomfortable. But yes, I, I'm learning. By the way, this is me not understanding as much as you you smart people understand, and and, and so now like. You know, you know, Bert. If you want to give a full breakdown of FIP, I'm I, I and and ISO for that matter. I'd be interested to 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 hear your uh, assessment as to how those do impact today's game of baseball.
1: Yeah, hang on. Well, while we end up doing that, I want to give I want to give this one real quick. I, there's another under the radar candidate, and then we can get into that stuff.
2: Okay, please give me another under there.
1: So, um, Nestor Cortez with the Yankees. Um, yeah, I this guy to me. I've, I've heard about him for like the last three or so years. I remember I was standing in the Brewers clubhouse uh, and all of a sudden I had Gio Gonzalez come up to me and start talking about Nestor Cortez. Um, and he was telling me how he thought he was going to end up being a really good pitcher. Um, and a successful one that maybe doesn't get the, the kind of spotlight that these guys would deserve or like a guy that he would end up, you know what I'm trying to say. Um, and this year, even last year, Cortez flew under the radar for the Yankees, but he was arguably one of their most dependable starting pitchers. And like he ended up, uh, so he became the first Yankees pitcher in history to strike out 12 plus batters in five innings or fewer. Uh, the other, the other day. Um, he's, he's somebody that I think might be the most underrated pitcher in baseball. Um, wow. And deserves a lot more attention. Um, so shout out to Nestor Cortez. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but he's made two starts this year and has an ERA of exactly zero. Is that right? I believe so. That sounds right. Which uh, I talked to a few scouts who told me that number is pretty good. So um, that's a good go. number. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
2: that, that two <laughs> two games and no runs is, exactly. is that works? That that would uh, fall under FIP and ISO as as as, uh, as a positive thing. Okay, that's right. That, what does that mean for the Yankees bird If Nestor Cortez is what you just said he is.
1: Then that gives them a lot of flexibility throughout other parts of the roster, or even to add another impact starting pitcher. It especially helps them out uh, having that Garrett Cole contract. Cause that's a $300 million deal. And that kind of limited them, but the, the key for them is going to be able to find more pieces like Cortez. That's going to be pretty difficult, but um, it gives them another option in the rotation, the left-handed arm. Um, that is capable of pitching deep into games. And any team can use that, but especially the Yankees, because they play and I would you agree with this, the most hitter-friendly park in baseball.
2: Uh, that's an interesting one. I mean, I guess if you if you I mean, listen, Camden Yards just moved their fences back close to 20 feet and lifted the wall, so uh it left. So that's a that's the huge difference. Coors Field is certainly in the conversation, um, but they have at least tried with the humidors and whatnot to to make it less fan-friendly. Wrigley on a warm day with the wind blowing out is as good as it's going to get anywhere for a hitter, but in April it's not when it's cold and and the wind is howling off the lake. So if you were to say across all of baseball that New Yankee Stadium is the most friendly,
1: I, I, I mean... I suppose I wouldn't argue with you.
2: Yeah, it's like it
1: may not be like it, it's definitely up there. I mean, course fuel I think might always be considered like the most hitter friendly. But yeah, like I'm. glad hey, we actually agreed on something, Carl.
2: Yeah, I mean, I well, I don't know if we completely agreed. I just didn't want to sh- shout you down uh, ruthlessly. I'd have to, I'd have to dive into some numbers to be honest, for to really know if, if that is an accurate statement. I, uh, but I, I was not prepared for that one today. So I, I will, I'll, I will. I will do some ballpark research. By the way, staying in New York, making a pivot here, Michael Conforto is still sitting out there. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, the White Sox were very much rumored on Conforto uh, back in the day, back in the day being, call it January. But they got A.J. Pollock. So, now, granted, he's hurt, but he'll be back. Uh, I don't know. Is he? Is he healthy yet? Is what? Where, where do you? Wh- what What do you got on Confort? He's not healthy, okay, yeah. right? And that's why he's not signed. What do you see happening here?
1: I would imagine he's going to have a delayed. Um, he's not going to be signing anytime soon. Is the impression that I'm under like that injury that he suffered, the shoulder injury, sounds like it was relatively like serious. I don't know to what degree, um, but like there's a lot of baseball people who are wondering. Um, how it happened, whether it was actually at while he was training or if it was something else. Two, um, like how the heck he's still on the market, and it has to deal. Like three, to me, it has to deal with the severity of this injury. Um, I don't know if he needs surgery. I don't know exactly what it is, but there's other teams that are poking around with him. I got a text yesterday night or last night saying that a team. The Long Island Ducks checked in on Conforto. Wow. Um, don't Ouch. know if you will actually consider that, but they, that is currently where things are at. But I would imagine he's not going to be able to do it just because he's hurt. Um, but yeah, I, I would not expect Conforto to sign anytime soon. Um, but yeah, it's that's one of the more bizarre ones because we're 10 or so games into the regular season and one of the top free agent off has remained unsigned and is not close. So, For people who don't know,
2: the Long Island Ducks are a part of the Atlantic League, which is independent baseball. Yep. you telling me that nobody in the majors has any interest anymore on Michael Conforto?
1: Oh, there's there's major league interest. There's teams that are in on him, but there's nobody who's going to sign him until there so getting more clarity with his injury situation. So
2: he's got to go over to the Atlantic League, rake, and then he'll get his money?
1: Well, I had somebody tell me today that they viewed that as more of a publicity stunt than anything.
2: Okay. Um, okay. Okay. Now 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 that now we're now we're making sense. Yeah. yeah I, I, I bet because uh, yeah, I just can't
1: see Conforto actually doing that, but but yeah, these teams are gonna try.
2: Okay. What about uh, some end of roster, bottom of the roster, little tweaks, trades, people trying to You have this and you have excess over there. We have this need. Let's make a, this will help you. This will help me. We'll all be friends type of move.
1: Yeah. Hang on. I want to check the date on this before I answer that real quick.
2: Checking the date on roster cut downs, roster cut downs.
1: Well, I can't believe I keep misspelling that word.
2: Which word are you misspelling?
1: Uh, cut downs. How are you spelling cut downs? Uh, with an E instead of a W. D O E N
2: S. Yeah, I'm. I have fat fingers. Well, the E is next to the W, Bert. You, you know, that's. I think that I don't think your fingers are fat. I just think you have, perhaps, some coordination issues. That I would definitely not uh, argue with that.
1: Really? Can uh, you make a layup?
2: Can I make a layup? Yeah,
1: I actually can make a layup. You can also So I was shooting baskets the other day, at LA Fitness, and uh-huh. I ended up making three threes in a row. Like that was huge <laughs> for my brand. So that, uh, I I, that is, I, I drained them and I just walked out. I didn't take any more shots. It was less like, you know what? Yeah. Today's gonna be a good day.
2: That, that is, that is huge for your
1: brand. It is. I mean, it, yeah. Huge the, day for the program mean, is what that was.
2: You should put that out to your 50,200, uh, some odd Twitter followers. Let them know I'm banging threes over here. I, I, I would do that. Uh, did, are you gonna? Will you answer my question though about whatever the hell I just asked you? Yeah. Which was so the bottom
1: of the roster trades. So here's an article from Eric Steven uh, over at SB Nation who says that the rosters will be expanded to 28 through May 1st. So right around that date in that time frame, I've had a few executives say that as teams try to cut down their rosters, we could end up seeing more trade activity. Uh, bottom of the roster, not going to be anything significant, but it's something to watch out for. Don't have any specific names, um, but like in terms of trade activity, like that is going to be something where it would not surprise me if we see a a handful of moves, maybe a little bit more than that.
2: Hey, look, not going to move the needle type of moves, but that's what the baseball insiders do. You let people know when moves are coming and everybody loves moves. You smell moves and, and you're letting people know we could have some bottom of the roster
1: moves. Exactly. Just something to keep an eye out for. I'll be at the NFL draft monitoring it. And hopefully as the Eagles take Jordan Davis and Kyle Hamilton, um, I'll be breaking some news. So are you going to the NFL draft? I am going to the NFL draft. I head out next Tuesday, Carm, and head out to Vegas. And I'll be there for four days. Are you just going for the party or are you going for work? Uh, I'm just going to be a fan. I I have not like, this is, like, an annual event for me. Uh, we did not get to go last year because of COVID. Um, but, like, I'm big in the NFL draft. I'm texting my buddies uh, nonstop about it. So, I, I'll give a shout-out to my boy Max Hilbert right now. Like, Am I going to
2: see – hold yeah. on a second. Am I going to see you and – what's your guy's name? Max Hilbert. Am I going to see you and Max Hilbert booing or standing up and cheering on ESPN when the draft's going on? I mean, if the Eagles end up
1: taking – a bust or somebody that I don't want, there's a legit chance you see me boo. Um, and yeah, if that ends up happening, I'm I'm looking forward to all the screenshots coming my way. So um, let's get weird, I guess.
2: I mean, I think it could be good for the show. We need some publicity. So maybe you should go to the draft and boo and, and have a Baseball Insiders t-shirt on. I
1: was just about to say that, Carm. I knew, like, is that possible where we can get a Baseball insider shirt made by the time I leave next Tuesday? Because I, uh, I would wear it. I would
2: call up uh, Zach Best or Patrick Allen, and 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 get that done. Um, you probably have more pull with them than me, and I think you can. I just think you're going to have to make the request. All right. So if
1: let's say today is April 18th, if it's not at my door by April 19th, then we're going to have some issues. Now
2: you're leave, you're leaving tomorrow.
1: No, I, I leave next Tuesday. So. We have eight days to make this happen.
2: All right. Baseball Insiders t-shirt, Burt, draft, show, gets uh, a huge, huge bump. I I like it. This is big. All right. Uh, You wanted wanted to give some props to the New York Metropolitans rotation?
1: I did. Because after Jacob deGrom was going to be missing significant time to start the year, and also Max Scherzer dealing with an injury of sorts, um, I thought the Mets rotation was going to create her. I thought they were going to be in a lot of trouble. And yet they have been one of actually the best rotation in baseball through the first 10 games. Uh, I believe his last name is pronounced McGill. Um, he has had one hell of a start with them. Uh, he's, he was not going to make the roster until Jacob DeGrom got hurt. And he's been nothing short of brilliant. He was good for them last year, and he's continued it this year and actually been better. Uh, and he's earned himself a spot on that rotation, even after DeGrom comes back. So, like, the Mets, like, they, they also added Chris Bassett. Um, I mean, their rotation is stacked. They also have Carlos Carrasco, too. I mean, they just have an embarrassment of riches. Um, but, like, having a guy like McGill step up, like, that's been very clutch for them.
2: McGill has thrown 10 and a third in two starts, ERA zero. Chris Bassett in his two starts, 12 innings, giving up one run. That's an ERA of 0.75. Carlos Carrasco, not to be uh, outdone here, 10 and two thirds innings, five hits, one run. That's an ERA of 0.84, slightly up from 0.75. And then that oh yeah that Max Scherzer guy's uh, been in two starts eleven innings, uh, now he's actually given up some runs four of them so in the area of three two seven which is quite so. nice. Uh, <laughs> way, to, way to go, in New York Mets! Who's their fifth? Um, they David got, Peterson is that right? I think well, it is. I know. Actually
1: not like because
2: they've boy, only yeah. had they've only had he's the only one that's made one other start so they've kind of but he has to be the off starter.
1: But- yeah. Yeah, that uh, I mean, once the ground comes back and move Peterson out of there, arm, that's, that's the makings of a dominant rotation.
2: Well, they, they've spent enough damn money over there. Uh, they, they, they should be doing some good things, and they are. Yeah, um, definitely are. Also, I want to give you a, a hypothetical here. That is yep. something
1: that I've had a couple of people run by me in recent months. So how lucky are the Mets that Trevor Bauer turned them down And then they still had the money left for a big contract to go out and sign Max Scherzer the next year. Um, Like that is, they got saved there. Cause I remember, I'll give you a a play by play of this one. So last year I was hiking the grand Canyon um, and I got a text saying, Bauer is signing with the Mets Uh, go with it. And like it source was phenomenal. Um, And I was like, okay, I need to check with one other person here. Um, and I checked, sent out a text, didn't hear anything back for a little bit. Um, and then all of a sudden Bob Nightingale tweets that it's a done deal that Bauer is going to the Mets. And all of a sudden there's instant blowback. And then I hear back from my Mets person saying, we thought we had him. Um, but it looks like he's going to go to the Dodgers. And then a few hours later, he agrees to terms with, the do- with the Dodgers. Um, so wow. at one point they thought they had them, missed them. Then the next year they go and sign Scherzer and have the best rotation of baseball. So pretty good.
2: How does uh, Bob Nightingale get that information and get it wrong? What's your understanding? Bob's uh-huh. gotten a lot of things right, by the way. Don't, I'm not trying to crush on Bob.
1: No, I love Bob. Uh, Bob is a great human being. Um, it, it happens. Sometimes misinformation happens and, um, I know what's happened to me where I get bad info behind the scenes and I, I'm, I'm very careful, uh, having learned from, uh, Ken Rosenthal and, and Jeff Passon and John Heyman, um, not to like rush until you're a hundred percent. Um, and that's saving a couple instances. I'm not saying Bob doesn't do that, but sometimes it happens. It happens to all of us. Um, so yeah.
2: Yeah, no, I, I get it. Uh, I've never gotten a story wrong with the exception of the Jim Harbaugh story. So, Bob, you're all right with me, buddy.
1: There we go. That's your guy, Bob. Or Mark Carmen, right there. Shout yeah. out to at the Karma on Twitter, by the way.
2: Thank you so much. Uh, appreciate that, Bert. Uh, we are we're cascading towards quickly towards uh, 9,200 followers. Only, what would that put me? 600 away. Five, 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 five. Uh, I'm at nine one nine two, something like that. I'm only uh, five times away from your fifty thousand. I, I anticipate getting there before I die. So we're gonna keep we're gonna keep grinding. By that time, I hope you have five million. Um, all right. Anything cool. that we left off the show today, Bert. It's very good to see you. I love that baseball's back. Um, I look forward to going to a game with you. Yeah. I was very impressed. With the White Sox beating the Rays last Friday night for the record, and book on the podcast with with a little White Sox talk. Uh, Tampa is always competitive. Those were good games. Craig Kimbrell, though Craig Kimbrell, excuse me, Liam Hendricks can't find the zone out. At least he couldn't on Friday without anything but his fastball. He was he was his slider was going about fifty four feet, but he still made it through. So. Just something to pay attention to. Not sure. Oh, you're right. That's that's
1: something I've been watching too. Because uh, I mean, it was. Uh, Are you serious? Yeah, like, I've I've been watching. It's he's struggled so far. So I've been I've been wondering what's going on there. But apparently, nothing's going. Nothing's going on there. Just yeah. struggling.
2: Yeah, it might not. I don't think it's. I don't know. I don't know. That, that's what I saw. Couldn't get anything in the strikes and outside of a fastball. Um, let me just. The baseball insiders, by the way. With Burt going to the NFL draft, um, I don't want to make any announcements that are incorrect, but we may be, we may, we may, it's up for debate. We may be moving to a different day on your podcast aisle. Could be going from Monday to Wednesdays. Yeah. We, have, we need to talk with upper management.
1: So, yes. sources tell me in the car, though, that it's going to either be Tuesday or Wednesday. Tuesday or Wednesday. Yep. So, it, uh, it's still up for debate. Um yeah, we have to finalize things, but uh that's that's the way it's looking right now. We got a case of the Mondays over here right now. This is a case of the Mondays. Yeah, it's definitely a case of the Mondays. <laughs> I always my morning was packed carm. I still need to go to the gym. By the way, so yeah, something else I need to say. This is the longest my hair has been, I kid you not, in probably three years. I feel the- like an absolute hobo. Uh, because I'm used to having a buzz cut in the sides and like having hair on like the back and on the sides just feels a weird calm. Um You look like you still have a military cut, Bert. Uh, it's definitely not that way. Like I can, f- it's just bad. I bet you I have like, I would say three eighths of an inch of hair on the back of my head right now. Were, I'm were just having ever, a hero. Were you ever in the military? Um, I was not. Um, I actually have people come up to me and ask if I've served, um, which thank you. I mean, that's a compliment, but I have not served.
2: Yeah, th- shout out to all our servicemen out there for serving uh, and doing what they do, putting their lives on the line for the country. However, uh, I'm not sure if it's a compliment to you
1: when they say that. <laughs> I, just yeah, think, I, mean, yeah.
2: I, I think it's a shot at your look.
1: I mean, right? you know, maybe it is, but what I'm, uh, I'm serving though is the scoops to the to the baseball people. That's that's you are, I
2: mean. you are doing that. You you have a military look, but you're not in the military, which I'm not sure that's a compliment, Bert. I'm just saying. I'm I'll take it a, as a compliment. Maybe, I, I mean, like,
1: I, I'm a glass half full guy, Carmen.
2: Oh, I okay. Oh, Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd appreciate <laughs> comments on that, too. Uh, hit up a review on Apple. Put it in the YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Turn the bell on. All that stuff. Uh, the Baseball Insider saying goodbye here. Two weeks into the season, and... Uh, a lot of stuff going on here. We covered a bunch of it today. Bert, great to see you, brother.
1: Hey, great to see you too, Carl. Let's, let's be great. And that's us all for good stuff for the Eagles
2: next week. Absolutely. Stay safe out there. And thank you for checking out the Baseball Insiders. Tell a friend. We'll see you
1: next time. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich.